From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KTYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, this is the Dugout Podcast here on the Bleed Blue Show, uh, taking on the Yankees and also the uh, rest of Major League Baseball. Uh, first episode since the All-Star break. Uh, didn't take one before the All-Star break to discuss what was happening in baseball, watching this Yankee-Rocky game and this uh, heading in the extra innings as I record this episode. And what's funny, because I had to take a phone call. Uh, the Yankees were up 3-1. to one. And I saw Peralta get the last out of the uh, uh, the seventh inning. Went to take this phone call, and uh, I come back, and I see the score is five to three. I'm like, what the fuck happened? How did the hell it get to five to three? And I had to go back and look like Kron had a granny. I'm glad I missed it because uh, I would have been irate had I saw it in real time. But now this game is going into extra innings. We've got to backtrack on what happened in this particular series where the Yankees lost Friday but came back and won Saturday. Uh, the Saturday game in particular uh, where Stan hit the 3-1 home run, uh, opposite field home run, uh, to pretty much give the extra cushion to win that game. And then, on, But the Friday game with the run-dome game, I'll talk about that a little bit later, uh, with his start, his second start uh, as a Yankee, and uh, didn't go quite the plan. But th- th- this whole season right now is not the pitching's fault. The pitching's – the last time I talked on here about the statistics with the Yankees were pitching-wise, they've been pretty much a very good pitching team. It's, it's hitting is what's been holding them back this season. It's the hitting. The hitting has really uh, took a big, big – this home run and die shit is, is really, really taking a big, big step back. Uh Okay, you want to say Aaron Judge is not in the lineup. Okay, whatever. But nonetheless, I mean, guys have fully tanked, right? Then you add on the the firing of the bat, the hitting coach of Dylan Lawson, and you replace him with Sean Casey. So uh, I pulled up uh, the article from the New York Post, um, written on a piece of uh, how Sean Casey made the, the big impression. Uh, from this article was from the 15th. Uh, you know, you know, they they give you the politically correct um, responses uh, to this kind of stuff. You know, as far as he's, you know, Sean Casey's been energetic. Uh, you know, you know, Aaron Judge, his quote unquote, according to the article uh, on the New York Post, uh, that that uh, you know, by by Joyce, by Greg Joyce, he's saying that. Uh, Oh yeah, my my impression of him. Uh, he's a great personality. He's a great guy that brings energy, and he's going to motivate you, push push you a little bit. You know, you know that's professional sports athletes for you. They got a total line on being politically correct. I mean, what is the real game plan on a hitting coach affecting Major League Baseball players at the plate? I mean, are they really really um, that? let's just say that impactful on how each individual batter gets into the box and he's going to hit a baseball, the hitter, the the hitting coach can't do nothing about that. 
So it, it goes back to, let's say, more of my question. This could be applied to any baseball team. And if the Yankees were really transparent on what it is, what did Dylan Lawson not do that they expect Sean Casey to do or bring to the table as a hitting coach? So, because this is a little bit tricky because the Yankees – Big picture thing is about hitting a bunch of home runs and let the law of averages weigh that out. And and if that doesn't happen, they're not going to win as many games uh, like they think they should. Um, Sean Casey, I don't care what baseball hitting coach they add. If their whole approach is pretty much slug for defenses, it really doesn't matter who is the batting coach or the hitting coach. Because those guys are who are up at plate or up at the plate, they're going to do what they know what they do best, and it's no specific game plan that I am aware of, right? Meaning, uh, if I'm the hitting coach, are they doing some sort of preparation of opposing pitchers, type of pitcher, the type of pitches that some of these guys that they face in the lineup? Are the Yankees like who are playing the series versus the Rockies? Are they looking at the uh, starters that they face Friday, Saturday, Sunday? The relievers uh, in their hotel rooms or in the clubhouse on tablets? Are they really studying up on opposing pitchers day in and day out? I'm going to say no. Or I'm gonna put it out there like I could be wrong, but I just don't get this this hunch that. With all this technology, and I know that the analytics is more of a front office back uh, front office thing of how to measure players uh, analytically with the stats and the data, and that's more of a, you know by way of the nerds. But the, the everyday player, I don't know if every player is really that synced in to uh, on a major league level to understand exactly what pit, uh, what pitches each individual player from the opposing team is going to be throwing in the release point, the type of pitches, the slider, foreseen fastball, splitters. You know, I don't know if they can remember all that. And then, that's, and then the other point, the other point on about that, every hitter has their own strengths and weaknesses. Some, some, some players are best hitters against the fastball. Some players are good against hitting against curveballs. Their the eye, the release point, they can see the ball dip, the way they swing the, ball, the bat to hit the ball, and the extension of their arms. Some guys love pulling the ball more than most. Some guys like, uh, you know, hitting it opposite field. Um, so it goes to a lot of things on this. So let me go back to the article, Greg Joyce, New York Post, right? I was Let me just read a little bit, right? You know, you know. I read the quote from Aaron Judge. You know, if you want to, th- somebody the Yankees had to throw somebody under the bus, right? They had to, uh, somebody had to be gone, or somebody had to be collateral damage, and they, it was going to be the hitting coach right at the All Star break because the team was one of the worst hitting teams in Major League Baseball, and it's the reason why they're in last place in a very good division, but nonetheless in last place because statistically they can't hit worth a lick this season. Um, today, they or even Saturday, they delivered the punch, uh, some hits. Uh, I'll get to those players in, in a few. But um, 
at the All-Star break, uh, the Yankees were 19th in runs, 21st in OPS, and 13th in slugging percentage, 26th in on-base percentage, and 28th in batting average. These are the same stats that I read on the last time we did the Yankees. Um, so according to DJ LeMayu, who's actually had a good start in his return to Denver, uh, his former, his, his best years as a Colorado Rocky, uh, according to this article, we, were, we weren't clicking, we weren't hitting. I don't really think it was Lawson's fault. It was really it wasn't really anyone's fault. We we just weren't clicking in the first half offensively. We're ready to get after it in the second half. Well, yeah, that's the best way to approach it, DJ. That's exactly how it should be said. You can't always blame everything on a hitting coach unless the Yankees front office is going to be very transparent exactly what the game plan is on how they are going to be hitting, meaning how they start study the data. They know exactly what pitchers are throwing what their sequence of the pitches i mean unless they're not given that level of data at the end of the day it's always up to the hitter his responsibility to put the ball in play no situational baseball no when you could hit something out of the park or when not to hit something out of the park because of course we already know when you try to hit a home run and you're a little bit late on the ball it's going to end up in a pop-up that's just the way it happens that's physics that's that's pretty much common sense. Um, and in and, and their and situation right now, because they are actually in the best competitive division this year where every team is over 500, their likelihood of making a wild card is looking very slim because everybody in the Central and out in, West, and out in the West, well, well, Texas and Houston, they're pretty doing, doing good. But the Central is a mediocre division this year. It wasn't like that the last couple of years, right? But um, the, this year, everybody in the East, it's been put on notice or put the notice on the Yankees. You know what I'm saying? So uh, uh, further in on, on this great Joyce piece from the New York Post, um, uh, Brian Cashman, right? He said he wanted a new messenger, which is why we made his first in-season coaching change in his 26th tenure as Yankees general manager. Well, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the decision is on the general manager. Of all the buttons that are pushed, uh, Cashman has been riding this Thing for a very long time. I mean, we I mean, there's no there's no uh, no mistake about it. We we've talked about these things with Yankee fans, and Yankee fans have said it verbally and, and on social media how they want to Cashman out. You know, the, you know, since 2009, the team hasn't won a World Championship. It's been 14 seasons or 14 years, right? And how much time does Cashman have? Now, listen, I understand stability in the front office. We talked about this in other sports, so I'm not really on the prior Brian Cashman bandwagon per se. But, yeah, all this falls at the feet of his um, his decisions, the big contracts that, you know, is working out for Gary Cole, not necessarily as much of a return on investment with John Carlos Stanton, but the hitting coach to be thrown under the bus <laughs> – I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. Sometimes with firings, it lights a, it lights a, a, a wick to get people started. Either you're hitting the ball, or you're not. It's just pretty much that simple, or just putting it in play. It's just that simple for in baseball. And then in the Yankees, they're not doing that. They're not doing that on a consistent basis. Um, so further uh, continuing this part of the article, uh, me and Dylan got some quality work in, especially when I was when I had a feeling he'd be the hitting coach for a couple of years ago. I was judge uh, quote and the judge continues. 
I, I tried to spend as much time as I could with him to try to understand where he was coming from, what he likes to work on, what his philosophies are, and he gave me some good nuggets I still use today. Well, good for Aaron Judge, who became the AL MVP last year because of his hitting, his power numbers. But, but what does that say for the rest of the lineup? What are those philosophies? Can we get into those philosophies? What are those philosophies? What are they? Why those philosophies have not been applied accurately to the point where they're not hitting well? Um, so let's talk about, um, you know, Josh Donaldson, who actually just went on the I.L., right? Second time in the season, right? Uh, I think everybody has his strengths. Part of Sean's Casey's strengths is being in the batter's box. I think there's some knowledge for that and also going through the ups and downs of the season. I definitely think he's going to have advice and things he's going to be he's, he feels that are going to be beneficial for us. No, that was very fucking generic from Josh Donaldson. You're not really going to get to the meat of exactly what we're talking about or what I've been asking for. What is the approach at the plate? And specifically, of course you got to get in the batter's box. That's that that that's Captain Obvious shit, right? But what are they trying to do specifically from Dylan Lawson to Sean Casey? Now, if you go back to Sean Casey, now Sean Casey was a very good hitter, late '90s, early 2000s with the Cincinnati Reds, uh, three-time All-Star, uh, pretty good first baseman, very good first baseman, a guy from New Jersey. Um, I was a little, you know, I, I was a little surprised as far as his, you know him coming along. I mean, to me, honestly, it really doesn't matter. Unless they, I'm very transparent on what it is or what it's going to be with what is at the plate. Um, you know, it could be anybody coaching. If the Yankees can't put the ball in play and, and, and it's always about the home run, the slugging, and it, it's not, it's, it's not going to fix anything. And that's the pretty much the brunt of the post, or the brunt of the talk. Um, so the Yankees have a hole to get out of. They're trying to compete for a wild card. They're not going to win the division this year. This is between Tampa and Baltimore. Uh, they've been the better two teams this season. And if you watch those games, you saw what the Baltimore Orioles did the last time they played the Yankees, putting up double-digit runs. in the. You don't see that in 20-plus, 30-plus years. The Yankees have owned the Orioles. Those that those days are over, man. <laughs> those days are over. Um, the Yankees, not to say the Yankees are over. I'm talking about the beating up of the uh, the beating up of the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Those days are over, man. They are here, man. They have come to play. They've been taking an ass whooping, not just from the Yankees, but from the Red Sox and the rest of the league. They've been a, a very poor team for a long time in the 21st century. They never quite recovered from that playoff appearance, appearance back in the 90s with Jeffrey Meyer. It pretty much turned the tide of uh, two franchises where the Yankees went on to win multiple championships and where the Orioles just haven't really found themselves since Cal Ripken's uh, retirement. But now the Orioles are here and back there going to make the playoffs. And those days of beating up on the Orioles, those days are over. And that shows the bats they put up in the lineup, uh, what they did to the Yankees uh, in that last home that last homestand before the All-Star break. Um, the question is, do the Yankees make the playoffs? And I'm going to say no. I hope I'm wrong because I was wrong last year about how they won the division. 
Um, they um, <laughs> last year they overachieved like a motherfucker, especially with that pitching that we did not see or I did not forecast and saw. Well, this year it's actually the opposite. Where the pitching actually actually whole serve, well, actually done better than what it's supposed to. It's the batting that's been really down, which got them fifth or last place or type of last going into Sunday's games uh, in the AL East. But the uh, it's just too much, man. I don't know if they're going to unless Judge comes back. I mean, they're not. I mean, they're right there in it. They. Sh- they I gotta see. I gotta see if the believing and without Judge, you know, coming back from the toe, and we saw Stan and back in the lineup. I, I don't. I just don't see a lot of hope uh, based on what I saw this year, knowing that the competition above them has been playing well, and I don't see that faltering anytime soon. It put put Tampa Bay away from the side. And talk about like the Red Sox. Could the Yankees leave the Red Sox? Probably they could, right? But Toronto, uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Rondon had his start on Friday. Um, not as sharp as we thought, you know. You know, he had to start you know, with the Chicago Cub game before the All Star break uh, that weekend. Uh, you know, the, the, the Rockies got to him, and um, we're going to need his own. Arm, uh, pres- you know, the preservation of um, all the lack of innings he did not throw up until this point this year. Uh, definitely Rondon to get some quality starts the rest of the year to help the uh, the rest of the guys in the lineup. Uh, Gary Cole, who's been the one the best play- pitcher this year, not worried about him and definitely got a good ROI on him this year. He actually had a good, uh, you know, he gave up the home run early this uh, early in the game on Sunday, but. He he's not, of course, not the worry. Like a lot of these guys this year have been pretty good, right? Clark Schmidt actually pitched well on Saturday, the game where um, John Carlson had the three-one home run bomb opposite field. Uh, he also had the home run on Friday as well, right? He had the two-run home run on in Friday's game. He's actually hit pretty well. Let's see if he can pick it up and keep it up. But a guy that whoo. A guy that really fall off the the, the earth. Um, the first sixty games was batting three hundred three, and the last forty two hundred one. Anthony Rizzo, where are you? He had the bases laid. He had the bases loaded um, in the third, and he actually had a great at bat. Right? He had a great at. Uh oh. Good catch by Glaber Torres with the uh, the basket catch. I thought that was going to be trouble. Uh, it's going to the eleventh inning, but. Anthony Rizzo uh, struggling, man. Uh, he did he did draw a walk. I'll give him that. He drew a walk um, in the later innings. Uh, and another very good at bat. Just going through a slump. I told Susie Prof. Shout out to Susie Prof. Leading Yankee Blue. Susie Prof on Twitter. Um, I asked her. I remember one of those episodes earlier in the year. I asked Rizzo was hitting well over 300. I said, do you think he can keep this up? And she said yes. I said no. And... Um, Unfortunately, right as of right now, unless he picks it back up, I'm looking like uh, a, a, a sad uh, saint right now that I was unfortunately correct, but never thought I would think he would be dropping a whole hundred points in the you know you know in the batting average in 40 games, man. This is I mean this is you know and see he's in a lot of also because you know he's a sure glove at first base, but man. This was this is some painful shit to watch, man. Especially in the heart of your order. 
Um, Josh Donaldson, who hasn't necessarily hit the ball any point as a Yankee. Second stint, 10-day DL or IO. Um, the home run or die experiment has been a fail. Of course it's been a fail. This is the Yankees. They've been stubborn. They're going to stick with it. The Yankees, so when you're a Gen X fan or a millennial fan, you, you pick a team and you ride that out to your death. And that's what we're doing as fans. We're going to ride this shit to our death. And I picked them, and I'm not going to wait to them unless I, you know, to that day, I got to go to that upper room, right? The all right, you know, the runners and scoring position stats have not been good this year. This energy at this plate stuff, man, it's really this simple, man. I mean, it's easier said than done, but when you're in the fun, you're in the fun. You just got to prepare, know your opponent, study the pitches, know that shit well, and hit that fucking shit, man. That's what it really comes down to. Um... I'm going to go around the rest of Major League Baseball uh, as we've got a little bit more time left. I was keeping an eye out on that Diamondback Blue Jays series, obviously because the Blue Jays was ahead of us in the standings, and uh, they, did a, they, did a, they did a good job winning on Friday uh, over the Arizona Diamondbacks and as well as Saturday. Um, I'm going to, uh, you know, they, they, they won that series. Uh, they, they've hit the ball well. Versus Arizona, who's actually played well this season themselves. That's it was one of those series where two two teams who actually are probably playoff in, in the playoff picture, and the Diamondbacks have done very well for themselves. But the Blue Jays were a nice start off the All Star after the All Star break. Um, the Marlins and at the Orioles, the same situation. I was just giving the Orioles praise. It's not the same Orioles from before. They are going to the playoffs. The Miami Marlins might be going to the playoffs, but the Orioles had an excellent uh, start of the series after the All-Star break versus Miami, where in that game, you know, in the, in the, in the game on Friday where Adam Frazier had the two home runs, they had a, a full run unanswered uh, come from behind win on Saturday as well. Uh, the Orioles are, are a real fun team to watch. If you don't have time uh, to, you know, if you have time, Go ahead and check out a lot as many teams as you can, you know, during during downtime, of course. But the Orioles are really legit. I was watching also um, Padres and the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Um, you know, it's something about this trio that I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't really taken off by now. Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, uh, the, the I'm surprised they aren't not doing better than what they are right now. They did have the big 8-3 win on Friday. They lost big on Saturday. Haven't really pick, picked up on what was going on Sunday. I'm not going to even go for a look. But the point is, I'm going to, of course, keep an eye out on the Padres. Because they were supposed to be the exciting team with the, the, the young sluggers at the heart of the lineup. I mean, these are legendary. They are on the verge of being legendary hitters. Those three in the lineup, the talent that they possess, and they got the starting pitching. You know, we got uh, Hugh Darvish, and you got Musgrove, Blake Snell. I mean, they got they got guys. Like, um, I'm surprised it hasn't really taken off like it should. Now, the last game, uh, you know, you know, we already know the best player in in, in MLB history, is Shea Otani. Shohei Otani. Uh, you know, Astros at the Angels series. I'm going to try probably watch a little bit of that on Sunday Night Baseball. He got the loss on Friday. Um, but, yeah, uh, Astros at Angels, of course. The Angels not going to make the playoffs. 
the Astros, only two, you know, that's the funny thing, right? As well as the Texas Rangers have been playing, and you, the Astros are still right there. Like, it doesn't even matter if they lost Justin Verlander, uh, you know, the, the guys leave, come and go, and the, the, of course the core of the team is still there. They're only two games out. Like, like as well as Texas has played, they are still right there. Still right there. Um, uh, go back to the Yankees part. Let me go back to the. Uh, there's one part I, I, I forgot to mention. Uh, DJ LeMahieu. Uh, you know, I, I read his quote from the New York Post article from Greg Joyce. But uh, DJ LeMahieu, uh, the multi-hit game on Saturday, he ain't had one in months, right? But I mean, if, if ever was one guy, and I remember the conversations, do you pay him? Do you extend him? I, I even was. You know, as much as he was doing for the Yankees up until that point, it was a no-brainer to keep his bat in the line, but he has regressed. Now, let's hope his return to Denver uh, as a Yankee uh, catapults him to uh, somewhat of a hitting, his back to his hitting ways, and we're going to need that. We're definitely going to need that. Um, I'm not hot or I'm not uh, uh, ecstatic where – the Yankees have been going because of the competition of the division. That's part of it. The bats got to wake the fuck up, and that's the reason why Sean Casey is here. The hopefully that um, he brings new life to the batting. But you know, per, per the New York Post article, is all but uh, what is these philosophies they're talking? What is, I need to know the transparency of this shit. What is see ball hit ball that is different than from one hitting coach to the other, or what is it in the preparation? Are they allowed to say that they're not going to give us? But that's kind of how I'm going to look at it from the Yankees' uh, point of view here on the Dugout Podcast. Uh, I think that's it, man. I've just been keeping up with the uh, games. Um, I was watching uh, San Fran, uh, the Giants versus the Pittsburgh Pirates um, this weekend as well. The Pirates are fucking good. man. Very good team. Very fun team to watch. Another fun team to watch, right? I was watching Milwaukee and Cincinnati, and there was some good pitching in that series at the front end of that front end of that series. I was watching Braves, White Sox. You know, you know. I think you know the series right before the All Star break. I think that's pretty much going to be the World Series, right? Braves and Rays. Like, I mean, the Dodgers, of course, is always in the conversation. And Clayton Kershaw. I was looking at his stats earlier today too, and man, I mean, talking about a guy that who's been there knows how to just do his job and um just built professional just built to always rise to the challenge it's just amazing at his age he's still doing it at a high level right now it's just crazy man really really crazy um love okay i gotta say one more thing one more thing and i'm off right and i and i think i made a mistake and i'm honest to make those mistakes where i was getting on the mlb strike zone I didn't realize about this big inning shit. You know, the MLB big inning, that's what I was looking That's what I thought the MLB strike zone was supposed to be. And I think I made a mistake a couple of times on these episodes, and I brought it up to a couple of stakeholders on this show. Um, I think maybe even on a different sports podcast. But nonetheless, the MLB big inning, uh, yeah, I, I do like it. You know, the four games in the box, I was watching that on Friday. Um, keeping the tabs of what's going on around baseball. So even if I could see something going on in the games, I could easily turn and say, okay, let me see what's going on in this particular situation. Let's say inning six, inning seven, or whatever. But um, yeah, I, the big inning is what it is. 
and and I'm that's my mistake of uh, throwing the MLB strike zone under the bus, man. So this is the dugout podcast, man. So let's hopefully the Yankees and their hitting they change their ways, they improve on their ways uh, in the second half of the season and try to get to a wild card spot. I hope I'm dead wrong that they will make the playoffs or make the wild card at least a playing game and then go from there because right now, man. You know, it's not unfortunate, but that's just the pool that they play, and it's called the AL East. They just in a division with great, very good teams where every team's over five hundred. Um, that's it, man. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, we're gonna have the other episodes uh, this week: the hockey on Tuesday and the football on Thursday, and pick up on those and, and on those teams, and also uh, the rest of the uh, the rest of the league uh, in that sport. On those particular days, man. So outside of that, man, have a good one. It's Andre Rasul, ladies and gentlemen, and bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?